Welcome to The Open Word, the online teaching ministry of Pastor David Landry on today's episode. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. to throw ourselves at his feet or better yet into his loving arms and simply cry out to him cry out lord i don't understand what or why these things are happening but i know that you are a good you are a righteous god and king so i place my trust in you i place my faith in you and i know that there is substance to that faith i know that there is evidence in that faith because my faith isn't in the things that I know humanly or that I understand in this realm. My faith is in the greatness of who you are. Be sure that you acknowledge Jesus and his power. Allow yourself to get lost in him and his word often enough that you can confidently place your trust in him. Today, Pastor David reminds you that Jesus is with you no matter how hard things may become. He encourages you to trust Christ with the small things so that when you need Him for the big things, there's no hesitation. Allow Him to be your comforter and your king. Confidently place your life and dreams in His hands. And here's Pastor David in the book of Acts chapter 9 as he continues his message, trusting in His sovereign hand. There's not much else that we know about Lydda other than the fact that it laid about 11 miles east from the center of Joppa. Also, we know today uh, it's located in what's called the Sharon Plain and right on the north side of where Lydda was and even is today uh, is actually the Ben-Gurion International Airport that you fly into as you come into Israel. That's the area. Now, Peter's stop there appears to have been short-lived, and it seems to be just for one purpose. He sees a man there in the town by the name of Aeneas, who had been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed. As he saw Aeneas, the Holy Spirit moved upon Peter to speak into that man's life a word of healing. Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. And then we see this amazing thing. We see Aeneas rising up immediately. If there's but one lesson that we want to learn in this portion of the text, church, is that whenever the Lord Jesus is active in your life, we need to be responsive. We need to be immediately responsive. Can you imagine if Aeneas' word to Peter, as Peter says, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you, rise up, take your bed. Aeneas says, hey, thanks for the healing, but I think I'm going to lay in bed for a little while longer. Hey, thanks for the healing, but I'm not going to go anywhere right now. Let me, let me ponder the situation. Maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe next month. After all, people are giving me 
you know, funds right here as I'm laying here. Let me just stay here for, that's absolutely asinine. It's foolish. Totally ridiculous response. Why would he do that? And yet, at the very same time, I believe that today, many within the church are doing the very same thing. Perhaps it's through the hearing of the word preached or the reading of the word of God and the Holy Spirit moves in your life. He, he, he draws you to a greater commitment to him. And yet we remain in the same shallowness of our faith. We don't take the effort to move further, even as the spirit is drawing us to go deeper in him. Perhaps the testimony of someone that, that, that's, that's challenged your heart. Challenge you to grow deeper in the Lord. Speak a particular thing with you. And yet we continue to stay with nothing changing in our lives. Perhaps situations in your life have come up to, to really get your attention. Maybe it's an abundance of blessings. God's just blessed you in an amazing way. It's just absolutely fun. Or on the other end of the scale, maybe it's complete devastation and an abundance of sorrow that's come into your life right now. And yet you haven't taken the time to sit quietly and listen for that still small voice of the Lord and move in obedience to it. Oh Lord, thank you for these blessings. And then we just go out and we squander whatever it is. Have you thought to say, Lord, you have blessed me this way. How can I use this blessing to glorify your name? Maybe a great sorrow has come into your life. Maybe through a sickness or a financial devastation or a broken relationship. And rather than, again, stopping and really seeing, Lord, what are you speaking into my heart? We, we fight against it. We rage against it. Rather than saying, Lord, in your sovereign hand, I know that you know what I'm going through. And so, Lord, teach me in the midst of this how I can be a better servant to you. In the midst of my sorrow, Open up my heart, my mind, my spirit to truly hear from you. For some of you that are here today, I want to tell you on the authority of God's word. If Jesus Christ has saved you, you need to be walking in that newness of life that Christ has called you into. If Christ has set you free, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to direct you and deliver you from all evil. Remember that prayer, deliver us from evil? Well, he hasn't delivered me from evil. I'm still walking in it. No, he has delivered you. He has shown you and he draws you and the Spirit comes to you and says, no, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't go that direction. And yet rather than listening to the Spirit, we continue to walk in it and we find ourselves in the depth of it. If the Spirit is moving in your life, you need to respond. You need to respond immediately. For some of you, the Lord has healed you. Trust Him for that. Believe Him for that and receive His healing in your life. And that healing can be a body or it can be of the mind or it can be of the Spirit, believe Him and walk in the power of His might. Maybe that physical healing that you're searching for, you have not received and it's not there, but God is doing another work even in the midst of that physical ailment that you have. For some of you, the Lord has called you. He's called you into a service. He's called you into ministry in some way. Are you ready to step out? Are you ready to follow Him? Are you willing to say, here I am, Lord, 
send me. When Aeneas was obedient to the move of God in his life, guess what? People got saved. The word says that many people got saved. As a matter of fact, it tells us in verse 35, so all who dwelt in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Oh, there's a lot of question there. What would have happened if Aeneas stayed in bed? Would the purposes of God be defeated that day? Does that mean that people wouldn't have come to the Lord if Aeneas hadn't been faithful? Well, personally, I have a much stronger belief in the sovereignty of God than that. I believe that the Lord, as the word says, the Lord knows who are his. But be assured of this, Aeneas would not have been able to receive that blessing of being a part of the move of God because of his disobedience. Beloved, God is on the move. If you haven't figured that out yet, God is on the move. The question is, is do you want to be a part of that or do you want to stay in bed? Do you want to be a part of that or do you want to be on the sidelines? God is on the move. Be assured of that. We, we look at these things like this and we, we wonder what happens if we are not, what happens if Aeneas uh, would have stayed in bed? Would those people have been saved? Like I said, I believe that the sovereign work of God is much greater than that. The story is told about Dwight L. Moody uh, in Chicago. He had preached very strongly, very powerfully through the weekend. It was uh, the time of December, or no, October uh, 8th, uh, 1871. He had preached that night, but because of the weariness of body and spirit, he, he did not give an invitation at the close of his service. And D.L. Moody always gave invitations at the end of his service, calling people to come forward to receive receive Christ. That night, because of his weariness, he just dismissed the crowd with a prayer and went on home. October 8th, 1871, later on that evening, over at O'Leary's farm, a fire broke out. That fire burned for three days in Chicago. And in a city of 300,000 people, 300 people perished during that three-day fire. D.L. Moody had great sorrow remorse because he had not offered a invitation that night. And in his mind, multiples of individuals went into a Christless eternity because he had not given an invitation that night. Now, I appreciate his fervor. I appreciate his love for the Lord, the ministry of D.L. Moody. Absolutely. But I have to disagree with him on that. Because I believe, again, in the sovereign work of God. God knew exactly what was going to happen with all of those people, even that night. Regardless of whether D.L. Moody had given that invitation tonight, those that were Christ would come to Christ. They're not going to go out in a Christless eternity because one man on earth did something that he wished he hadn't. The thing is, is he did not get the opportunity and neither did he have that rest in his spirit of knowing that some that night had come to Christ even in the midst of it. The real question is, do you want to be a part of what God is doing around you or do you simply want to stay again, stay in bed, stay on the sidelines? When God desires to move in our lives, we need to be ready, we need to be willing 
to rise up immediately and perhaps God will use us for his glory and perhaps through the testimony of our lives, others will see and turn to the Lord. Nothing else is said of this city, nothing else is said of this man, but in the library of heaven, the names of many men and women who came to Christ are now written in the Lamb's book of life. It's while Peter was at Lydda that other events were happening on the coastline about 10 miles away in the city of Joppa. Go back, chapter 9, book of Acts, look down in verse 36. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good deeds and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. And when they washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples had heard that Peter was there. And they sent two men to him imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Verse 39, when Peter arose and went with them, when he had come, they brought him to the upper room and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and the garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out. He knelt down and prayed and turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. So it was that he stayed many days in Joppa with Simon the Tanner. You know what, when I, when I look at verses like this, and in particular this one, suddenly there's some things that jump up and just hit me right in the face, full on. I read in here in those earlier verses that a certain disciple who was full of good works and charitable deeds, she became sick and died. Think about that for a moment. Do you know what I mean? I mean, so far as, as we know, Tabitha or Dorcas, she's not someone who is full of years having lived a long and blessed life and now at the end of her day she's dying. But we also, neither was she somebody that was so self-centered that one night she heard the words of the Lord that said, thou fool, this night your soul will be required of you. No, this was someone who apparently loved the Lord. She loved her fellow man. She served in a ministry, particularly serving those who were widows. And then suddenly she became sick and she died. I don't know how long all of you have been believers, for those of you that are believers, but have you taken the opportunity or have you come to the point in your life where you figured out that there's going to be a lot of times where the plans and the purposes of God are so different than yours that we just can't even begin to venture a guess as to what his purposes are? Is that a time to doubt God? Is that a time to turn away from him? No, I don't believe so. I believe it's just the opposite. I believe that then when, when the world is just going in such a crazy way you have absolutely no hold on, I believe that those are the very times when we need to run into his presence. We need to throw ourselves at his feet or better yet into his loving arms and simply cry out to him. Cry out, Lord, I don't understand what or why these things are happening, but I know that you are a good, you are a righteous God and King, so I place my trust in you. I place my 
faith in you, and I know that there is substance to that faith. I know that there is evidence in that faith because my faith isn't in the things that I know humanly or that I understand in this realm. My faith is in the greatness of who you are. Beloved, when life is shaking all around you, the only thing that remains stable is our God. It's when we get to that point in our Christian journey, that's when we actually come to the reality of peace. That's how the church can have comfort even in the midst of persecution. That's what Paul reminds us of in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, when he tells us, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what does he follow that up with? And the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Beloved, if you haven't figured it out yet, even as a believer, there's going to be a lot of things happening in your life it's going to rock your world. If you're not secure in Christ, if you're not secure in the sovereign strength and power of Almighty God, if you're not founded in that greatness and the goodness of God, you'll never truly know his peace when those storms come. This woman, Tabitha, Tabitha was an Aramaic name or uh, or a Greek name was Dorcas. They both mean the same thing. They mean gazelle. I, mean, I, I think it probably spoke of her beauty, of her graciousness. I don't know. But now Tabitha's dead. And the people of Joppa didn't know what God was doing. They were mourning. They were, they were weeping. Someone special to them had been taken from them. And in the context of that event, it would appear that she was taken well before the time that they figured she should have been taken. They didn't know what to do, but they had heard that the apostle Peter was up the road a bit, and so they had him come down. And as the two men explained the situation to Peter, it says he arose and he went with him. And again, when I look at that, I, I, I think, did Peter have a plan before he left? Did Peter already know, hey, I'm going to go up, I'm gonna, uh, God's going to raise this girl from the dead? Uh, we don't know. Did God speak to him about that? We don't know. Or was it simply that Peter had this pastor's heart that urged him to follow these men and see if he could just simply minister God's grace and mercy to those that were suffering? When he got there, he found the people mourning and and showing him all the handiwork and craftsmanship of Tabitha. Luke simply says, Peter put them all out. He knelt down and he prayed. Peter needed a time of privacy before the Lord. He needed to hear the voice of the Lord. And all the weeping and the mourning, though it's okay and it's fine, and the word tells us, man, there is a time for weeping. There is a time for mourning in the loss of a loved one. For Peter, at that point in time, it was a distraction. He had them all leave the room. And I believe he knelt down. And I believe that when he knelt down, he, it was a kneeling down in worship. And then I believe as he began to pray, it was a prayer of, of, of desperation, but also a prayer of faith. 
And I say a prayer of desperation because, again, I believe that Peter knew exactly how incompetent he was for the situation that was before him. But I believe also that in the midst of that, he was praying in faith because he knew exactly it wasn't him, but it was the Lord that, again, is going to offer all the resources of heaven available to him through Christ. The word tells us, and turning to the body, after he had prayed, turning to the body, he simply said, Tabitha, arise. Man, that's an abundance of faith. That's not a long prayer. That's not shouting and and, and dancing and hollering. That's just turning to her and saying, Tabitha, arise. And what happened? She opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. I believe that when Peter came to Tabitha, and after he had prayed, the Lord gave him the very same assurance that he had that day on the Temple Mount when he went to that man at the Temple Gate and said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk. And he took the hand of that lame man who had been lame from birth, and the man stood and jumped and leaped. I believe it was the same faith that he had when he came to Aeneas just a short time before this. And he said, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. The same faith in the same one who will provide what is necessary. And in that faith, he turned to Dorcas, whose body probably was cold by that time, and said, Dorcas, arrive. And the very powers of heaven entered once again into that woman's life, igniting and energizing every cell and every portion of her life to the point that she stood up, she opened up her eyes and came back. Not the work of any man, but the miracle work of Almighty God. And because it was the work of Almighty God, Luke tells us, many believed on the Lord. Many believed on the Lord. There's a few things I want to touch base on in just the shortness of these passages as we look at this morning. We see, number one, the church is still growing, even multiplying. Despite the persecution that, yes, they were going through, they continued to believe because they knew who and what they put their trust in was absolutely real. And it made an impact on their lives because they knew their God was real. Even in the midst of the persecution, they continued to live their lives to his glory and God multiplied the church because of that. Secondly, we see a man who is healed from a sickness that had left him paralyzed for eight years, and yet he was immediately obedient to receive and to respond to the word and the work of God in his life. He didn't delay, he didn't pause, he moved. And beloved, when the Lord is moving and calling and speaking into your life, you and I, we need to be immediately responsive to that. Not saying, I'll wait on it, I'll think about it, but if God is moving, we need to be willing to step forward in it. And thirdly, I see the Apostle Peter, a man, again, found faithful to wherever God wanted him to be. Stopping on his way down to Joppa, seeing this one man, the only event that we know that happened in Lydda, but yet God moved him because he was sensitive to the work of the Spirit. And when you and I are walking in the Spirit, we're no longer walking in the flesh, but we are walking in the Spirit, and God will direct our paths, and God will open up opportunities for us to be able to touch the hearts and the lives of the people that he brings before us. 
not only as he saw God doing this work within him, but Peter understood it was the grace, it's the mercy, it's the power of God. And God was performing in and through him God's will, God's plan, and God's purposes in God's way and in God's perfect timing. And beloved, I don't know what God's timing is in your life. But one thing I do know in accordance with God's word, God desires to move in your life and he desires you to be responsive to that move. That's all we have time for on today's edition of The Open Word. Pastor David has been teaching through the book of Acts, introducing you to the early church and how they were radically changed by an encounter with the Holy Spirit. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to let you know how you can listen to more editions of The Open Word. Here's Pastor David. I'm so glad you tuned in today to The Open Word. As you know, this broadcast is meant to share with you the hope, grace, and love that can only be found through Jesus Christ. Would you like to listen to more of them? Well, just visit theopenword.com. You'll be directed to our Facebook page where we're adding all of my previous messages for you to listen to for free. Be sure to like and follow that page and feel free to share it with your friends. That website again is theopenword.com. Thanks, Pastor David. We'd like to take a moment before we close and ask you to consider partnering with us here at The Open Word. Would you pray for us and for our listeners? We know the enemy attempts to hinder the truth of the gospel from being spread. He will stop at no cost to prevent even one heart from turning to Jesus. Thanks for partnering with us in this, and thanks for listening to The Open Word. Do you live in Casa Grande? If so, we'd love to meet you. Come join us this weekend at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande on Saturday at 6.30 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. Directions can be found at theopenword.com. That's all for today. Thanks again for tuning in and for praying for The Open Word.